Good evening. This is the February 6, 2024 regular meeting of the Renfort Commission. I am Deputy Director and Board Secretary Barbara Texador. The Commission will take public comment from members of the public present at the in-person meeting only. There is no longer an opportunity for members of the public to provide public comment remotely unless you have requested a reasonable accommodation from Renfort staff and has been granted prior to the start of this meeting. Members of the public, the Renfort Commission meeting, where the commissioners may be considering your case on appeal, is not an interactive hearing. This will be your opportunity to address the commission and the process is designed to invite input and feedback from individuals in the community. However, the process does not allow questions to be answered in the meeting or for members of the public to engage in back and forth conversation with the commissioners. The city policies, along with federal, state, and local law, prohibit discriminatory or harassing conduct against city employees and others during public meetings and will not be tolerated. General procedures have not changed. You will have three minutes to provide your comment. If you have an interpreter interpreting your comment, you will have six minutes. You are encouraged, but not required to state your name for the record. If you are giving comment regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence with regard to the item with which you're speaking. Once your time is up, staff will so indicate you should hear a timer beeping and you will be informed your time is up. So can we call the meeting to and Commissioner Haley, can you read the uh, Ramatusho Olani land acknowledgement, please? We acknowledge that we are on unceded ancestral homeland, Ramatusho Olani, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, Vermont Ohlone have never ceded nor lost nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors and relatives and by affirming their sovereign rights as first peoples. Thank you. Could you call the roll, please? Commissioner Mossbrucker. Here. Commissioner Mossbrucker present. Commissioner Wasserman. Here. Commissioner Wasserman present. Commissioner Tom. Here. Commissioner Tom present. Commissioner Hung. Here. Commissioner Hung present. Commissioner Klein. Here. Commissioner Klein present. President Gruber. President Gruber not present. Commissioner Crow. Commissioner Crow not present. Commissioner Sani. Commissioner Sani not present. Commissioner Haley. Here. Commissioner Haley present. Commissioner Chan. Commissioner Chan not present. So I guess it's time to move on to remarks from the public. I would like to first acknowledge that the following staff members are also present. Senior Administrative Law Judge Joey Kumas, 
Executive Director Christina Varner, and myself, Deputy Director and Board Secretary Barbara Texidor, and one new staff member, Susan Lee, is observing. Craig Vance Bronson is handling IT support. It is now time for the first of two public comment periods this evening. The second public comment period will occur after the consideration of appeals. Members of the public, the Rent Board Commission meeting, where the commissioners may be considering your case on appeal, is not an interactive hearing. This will be your opportunity to address the commission and the process is designed to invite input and feedback from individuals in the community. However, the process does not allow questions to be answered in the meeting or for members of the public to engage in back and forth conversation with the commissioners. City policies, along with federal, state, and local law, prohibit discriminatory or harassing conduct against city employees and others during public meetings and will not be tolerated. Both public comment periods tonight are for general public comment and for all items listed on the agenda. For all members of the public, general procedures have not changed. You will have three minutes to provide your comment. If you have an interpreter interpreting your comment, you will have six minutes. You are encouraged but not required to state your name for the record. If you are giving comment regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence with regard to the item on which you are speaking. Once your time is up, staff will so indicate you should hear a timer beeping and you will be informed your time is up. We will now take comment from members of the public here in the meeting room. Please step forward one at a time. Yes, sir, you step up to the podium. My name is Mark Isaacs and I am here for appeal number AT24003. Thank you for allowing me to speak. My name is Mark Isaacs and I am the owner of 77 and 79 Casa Way. I would like to point out that this is my home. I am not a real estate professional and this is not my business. I respectfully ask that you decline the request for an appeal. Judge Proudfoot heard all of the, the arguments and determined that they did not receive substantial decreases in housing services. Therefore, no reward was given to them. They have provided no new or additional information. These are wealthy and greedy subtenants who are trying to take advantage of San Francisco's tenant-friendly laws. They do not have grievances. They are simply looking for money. I purchased the building in June of 2022. I started the remodel in the upper unit and started correcting some deferred maintenance on August 17th, 2022. Two days later, after starting the remodel, Subtenant Dana Hewitt notified me that she would be relocating during the remodel. And that's exactly what they did. They started living and working in their new $1.5 million primary residence in Tiburon about three to four weeks later. After, after they moved, they only occasionally visited 79 Casa for an hour or two at a time so that they could claim decreased housing services and bolster their claim with the rent board and their civil lawsuit. In addition, 
even though they had already purchased a new home, they tried three times for a buyout. And this was all done as unauthorized subtenants. First, they asked for $350,000 to vacate. About six months later, they then offered 190,000 to vacate. And, and this was after they were already no longer living in the building. Finally, the third offer for a buyout, they asked me for three months of free rent. Um, and I agreed to that. I held up my end of that agreement. They did not. This was a fairly typical remodel that lasted a little more than eight months, not years as they stated in the request for an appeal. The project started on August 17th. We moved in on April 26th. In addition, my workers reduced the number of work days and work hours to minimize the disruption and inconvenience to my subtenants. In San Francisco, you may work seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. Thumbs up. Thank you. Are there any other members of the um, public who wish to speak today? Now that all members of the public in the meeting room have been given the opportunity to provide their comments, we will move on to the next agenda item. Okay, that takes us to approval of the minutes of January 16th, 2024. Do I have a motion? Yes, I'll move to approve. Second. Thank you. Call the roll. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrooker? Aye. Commissioner Tom? Aye. Commissioner Hung? Aye. Commissioner Haley? Aye. So now we move on to consideration of the appeals. Um, since there's only one group of people here, I'm going to move to item B on the, our agenda, which is 79 Castle Way. The tenants appealed the decision denying the tenants' claim of housing services in the decision. The ALJ determined that the tenants did not meet their burden of proving that there was a substantial decrease in housing services based on scaffolding, excessive construction noise, and removal of the stair lift. And that even though the ALJ found that there was a substantial decrease in housing services for ceiling and wall damage caused by construction, no refund of rent overpayments was required because the tenants had not paid rent during the relevant period. In the appeal, the tenants argued that the decreases in housing services were substantial because they substantially interfered with their enjoyment of the unit, specifically that they regularly used and relied on the stair lift such that its removal substantially impacted them, that the excessive construction noise impacted the tenant's ability to work and exacerbated the health issues, and that the scaffolding deprived the tenants of natural life for two months and that the landlord failed to timely repair the ceiling and wall damage caused by the construction. Do we have a motion? We do, I would move to deny the appeal. Second. Any discussion? Call for the vote. Your motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. Commissioner Tom? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrooker? Aye. Commissioner Hunt? Aye. Okay. The tenant's appeal has been denied. 
Next, we move to item A, 230 Central Avenue, Unit 6. The tenant's petition alleging a substantial decrease in housing services was dismissed due to the tenant's failure to appear at the hearing. The tenant appealed and the board granted that the appeal and remanded the case to the administrative law judge to hold a new hearing. In the remand decision, the landlord was found liable to the tenant for $420 for broken window blinds in the kitchen from September 27th, 2022 through August 11th, 2023. The tenant's claims for a damaged clock radio, bromelade plant, and mosquito screens were denied as those items were determined to be the tenant's personal property. The ALJ also found that the tenant did not meet his burden of proving that the landlord's failure to issue a rent receipt for July 2020 was a substantial decrease in housing services. The tenant now appeals the remand decision, alleging that his appointed representative failed to timely submit relevant evidence to the ALJ and that the rent board failed to remove his appointed representative from the petition. Do we have a motion? We do. I would move to deny. Second. Is there any discussion? <clears throat> All the roll, please. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Wasserman. Aye. Commissioner Tom. Aye. Commissioner Mossbrooker. Aye. Commissioner Hunt. Aye. That takes us to item C, thirteen twenty-six McAllister Street, Unit B. I see that we have received a communication from the. Landlord's attorney, who I believe was filing the appeal that the parties have settled the case. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, so I believe we are finished with our agenda on appeal considerations, which takes us to the second remarks from the public. Is there anyone here who would like to make a remark? If there's no one, no member of the public here in the meeting rooms that wishes to make public comment, can move on to Excellent. Let's move on to communications. Quick this evening. Good evening. <laughs> Not ready yet. <laughs> Good evening, commissioners. This is Executive Director Christina Varner. Um, you should have received. Uh, the 2024 rent board annual report on buyout agreements, reporting on uh, buyout agreements and declarations for calendar year 2023. Uh, the fiscal year 24, 25, and 25, 26 departmental budget memorandum. Uh, a February 1st, 2024 uh, city attorney memorandum on political activities. And today in your folders, uh, you should have received the workload statistics for December 2023. And that was also in a uh, digital format as well. And that is all for communications. I don't know if there were any questions about any of those items at this moment. Great. Okay, then let's move on to the director's report. Great. Uh, good evening again, commissioners. This is executive director, Christina Barner. Um, <clears throat> firstly, I'd like to wish everyone a happy and prosperous year of the dragon and uh, a very happy Black History Month. It's a jam-packed month and a very exciting time, busy time. Um, 
Tonight, I would like to introduce the second of two brand new rent board administrative law judges. Um, Susan Lee is here with us this evening observing. Uh, Susan began with the rent board last month and Susan comes to the rent board with 20 years experience as an administrative law judge, uh, first at the California Unemployment Insurance Appeals Board for 17 years and most recently with the California Public Utilities Commission for the last three years. And prior to that, Susan was a supervising attorney in landlord tenant law at the East Bay Community Law Center, uh, where she directed a pro per clinic amongst other projects. And she's proficient in Cantonese. It is uh, a huge boon to have Susan on board and we thank her for deciding the rent board was the right place to utilize her extensive skill set. So please welcome Susan. As of today, uh, the rent board has collected over one third of its total projected 2024 fee collection amount. So that's great news. Um, we usually see the bulk of payments come in uh, in February. So we seem to be right on target. Uh, Please note, you know, for the record that 2024 rent board fee payments are due uh, by the end of the day on March 1st, uh, which is coming up. Payments postmarked on or before March 1st will be received as timely, but payments received after March 1st uh, will be assessed a 5% late penalty. And then again, in April, on April 1st, there will be a 10% penalty and on May 1st, a 15% penalty. Uh, owners can easily make payment on the rent board's uh, online portal or by mailing in a check or paying in person at the treasurer and tax collector's office in City Hall during business hours. Um, <clears throat> another reminder that reporting into the housing inventory again was quite low last year. So please encourage those you know to report to obtain their rent increase licenses. And we again will be engaging in further outreach and partnership to encourage owners to report. Uh, with regard to outreach, um, rent board staff will be conducting outreach at the Chinese New Year Community Fair in Chinatown on Saturday, February 24th, the same day as the parade. Uh, and we expect to get a lot of foot traffic and hope that it will not rain this year. <laughs> um, so thank you in advance to the staff members attending. Uh, as well, we have another outreach opportunity coming up before the next board meeting. So just wanted to announce the rent board plans to participate in the West Side Affordable Housing Resource Fair sponsored by Self-Help for the Elderly on March 9th at the City and County Fair Building in Golden Gate Park, uh, along with several other city uh, partners, including Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development. Um, <clears throat> there are no new legislative updates of the usual sort. Um, both of the um, Pieces of pending legislation that were sponsored by Supervisor Melgar, uh, files 231185 and 231224, which I've talked about uh, at several of the past meetings. Uh, the first, which would amend the planning code to change the conditional use authorization requirement for removals of uh, un unauthorized dwelling units, and the second, which would amend the housing code to authorize occupants of residential dwelling units to sue a property owner for substandard housing conditions as defined in housing code section 1001 uh, are still both at land use. Those haven't moved, so we'll keep you updated. Um, just one other item I just wanted to separately mention and highlight that um, Proposition D is on the March 5th ballot. 
Um, and if it's approved, Prop D will amend the city's uh, campaign and governmental conduct code, um, which contains the city's rules regarding election campaigns, lobbying, government ethics, conflicts of interest, and protections for whistleblowers. So, you know, should that pass, we will be working closely with the ethics commission to get updates and how see how they'll be rolled out and how they will affect yourselves um, as form 700 filers and uh, conflict of interest issues, etc. So, just putting that on your radar if you weren't uh, aware of it already, Commissioner Haley. So, should we hold off on filling out that 700 form? No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That was my next reminder. <laughs> you could potentially get fined. Yeah. April 1st, you got plenty. I know they're going to change time. something about. Won't go into it. Oh, okay. But it, that's, that's, right. it wouldn't go. I, I can't remember the dates when it would, when all of the provisions would go into effect, but there's quite, quite a number of them. Um, but yeah, we will absolutely keep you informed as to when that occurs. Um, so. My next topic was reminder, um, which is <laughs> one of many reminders you'll receive. You might have already received a reminder from Barbara via email. Um, your Form 700s will be due on Tuesday, April 2nd this year. So they're giving everybody an extra day. Um, please remember to complete your Sunshine and Ethics training as well as plan to complete your Form 700 in advance. Uh, sometimes we leave things to the last minute and end up having questions about our filings. And while the Ethics Commission is the resource uh, for Form 700 filings. We know that they too are very busy this time of year. Um, and so with questions from all city filers and sometimes they can't get back to you right away. So please plan to complete your Form 700 uh, in advance and file on time. And remember that if uh, you don't file on time, you will be fined $100 per day for not timely filing and you will be not allowed First, maybe you will not be allowed to uh, participate in and vote in the next board meeting. So, and uh, with with um, absences, every vote counts. And so, we appreciate the timely filing. And let us know if you have questions, login issues with your NetFile accounts, anything like that. I'll email you. I know I have a problem with my NetFile account, so we can work on that. It's great. Email Barbara. Oh, are you okay? Sorry. I've <laughs> lost everything. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah, connect soon. So the sooner the better for ethics, which is um, very busy. So, do we move on then to old business? That is the director's report. Yes. Did anyone have any questions before I moved on? Or before you? <laughs> Please. All right, that moves us to old business. Item A proposed amendments to rules and regulations. Shall we just put that over? Just put it over because we're waiting still. Okay. We are. Item B fiscal year departmental budget. Great. In just one moment. <clears throat> Thank you, Commissioner Mossbucker. Um, so, as I mentioned earlier with communications, everyone should have received uh, the budget memo. Um, and today I sent out a little bit more readable version of the uh, table. Um, <clears throat> so you can take a look at it. So this is the second of two discussions regarding the department's fiscal years 24, 25 and 25, 26 two year budget. 
Um, as we talked about last meeting, departmental budget preparation contains three phases. So we're currently in the first phase, which is called the department phase. And the last day of this phase is February 21st when budgets are due to be loaded um, in the system, as we say. The second phase is the mayor's phase when all budgets are reviewed by the mayor's office and any adjustments are made and during which uh, the mayor's budget book is prepared. And following that is the board of supervisors phase where departments give a presentation to the board of supervisors, uh, which we are scheduled to do in May this year. And finally, the budget is then signed and then each department certifies in the summer that the allocated budget is sufficient to meet departmental needs. And tonight, uh, the, the department is seeking the commissioner's vote and approval of the fiscal year 2024-2025 and 2025-2026 proposed budget. Um, as previously stated, uh, the mayor's 24-25 uh, and 25-26 budget instructions call for all general fund departments to reduce uh, their budgets by 10%. However, as an enterprise department generating its own fee, the rent board is required to balance within its own funding stream. We propose a budget uh, this year for fiscal year 24-25 of $13.8 million. This is $3.9 million less than the current fiscal year's budget. We have worked carefully to identify the myriad of costs associated with the rent board's move and new office space tenant improvements you may have finally seen the sign downstairs in the lobby, which I'm very excited about. It means something's actually happening. Um, and are in the process of encumbering all associated costs this fiscal year. We are also currently commencing professional services projects supporting technology and business workflow modernization. Uh, pardon the contracting for that. We worked to reduce or carefully project interdepartmental work orders. And lastly, we are in a good position as well due to the reduction in office space rent paid to the Department of Real Estate commencing uh, with this coming fiscal year. As I stated at our last meeting, departmental revenue is primarily comprised of the funds generated by the rent board fee collection. With this proposed budget, the total departmental revenue is calculated based on a rent board per unit fee amount of $59 multiplied by the number of units that are being assessed. Um, through Further uh, data analysis fiscal year 2025 projections show approximately 237,000 units. Allowing for a 94% collection rate of the fee, together with other smaller revenue sources, we project approximately $12.7 million in fiscal year uh, 2025. As this is a two year budget, we also look ahead at fiscal year 25 26. At that time, we anticipate the need to increase the fee to approximately $64 and the budget to increase to about $14.3 million. Rent board's expenditures, again, are comprised of salaries and fringe benefits, non-personnel services, materials and supplies, and then work orders with other departments. Uh, the top three items, as you can see in the table, are uh, salary fringe and the allocation of indirect cost reimbursement that are all centrally loaded based on the number of positions in the department budgeting at the top step of each classification. And again, the largest of the expenditures year over year it has been in this coming year specifically is salary and fringe uh, numbers that increase annually and sometimes biannually due to COLAs, step increases and other negotiated increases. The vast majority of the department's proposed uh, fiscal year 24-25 budget would go to pay labor costs upwards of approximately 80% of the budget. If you take a look at the proposed organizational chart, 
you'll see that the rent board is currently budgeted for 50 full-time employees. No new positions have been added to the proposed budget for fiscal year 24-25. The department filled 11 vacancies in fiscal year 22-23, and to date, uh, the present year has filled eight vacancies. Currently, the department has nine vacancies uh, with one of those vacancies temporarily filled. Six uh, are in some stage of the hiring and recruitment process, while two positions will be held vacant for, uh, for uh, savings. The positions currently in the hiring and recruitment process include one 1823 senior administrative analyst in the inventory and fee unit, and three 2975 rent board specialists, one 2982 rent board supervisor, and one 1822 administrative analyst in the public information unit. Uh, as stated in the memo, hiring across the city continues to take a significant amount of time due to civil service hiring requirements and staffing shortages at the Department of Human Resources. Due to these delays, the department anticipates going into next fiscal year with a salary savings of uh, $2.7 million. With regard to other costs, um, we have gone on the very lean side and have allocated about $375,000 in uh, next fiscal year, dropping that to about $350,000 in the following fiscal for professional and specialized services comprised of regular uh, ongoing database licensing and software costs. And then ordinary business machine costs, materials and supplies will hover around $45,000. And ultimately projections show us with $13.8 million in revenue in fiscal year 25. And again, we expect about $2.7 million in salary savings that we would bring into 2026. So they wouldn't be used for next year, but rather the following year as next year's uh, fund balance is already allocated. So, um, and please let me know if you have questions. I know that was quite a mouthful, but I'm sure you've reviewed the memo already. Do we need to have a motion and take a vote on approving the budget? Yes, please, Mr. Sure, Mr. Anyone want to make? I'll make the motion to approve the budget as presented. Second. Other Unless there's any discussion. To approve the proposed departmental budget for fiscal years 2024, 2025, and 2025, 2026. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrooker? Aye. Commissioner Tom? Aye. Commissioner Hung? Aye. Commissioner Haley? Thank you. Much appreciated. And so now we move on to new business. There's no new business. Excellent. Calendar items. We have the March 12th, 2024 regular in person meeting at 25 NS Avenue, room 610. Um, so far, we have one appeal consideration. We then have old business, which is the proposed amendments to rules and regulations, sections 10.10 .10 regarding tenant right to organize legislation. And the reader of the Raymond Tushaloni land acknowledgement is Commissioner Hung. Is there anything else? Adjourned. <laughs>